Weirdo Bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Hi, genre junkies. This is Sandra. And this is Scott. Welcome to another episode of our beloved podcast where we discuss books of a genre variety. And this week, I am so excited to be getting into science fiction again. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. It's been a minute. Sorry, we had to devote some time to horror. Oh, of course, which was an excellent celebration. It always is. Yeah. Uh, So the book we're going to be talking about tonight is The Altered Wake by Megan Morgan. But before we talk about that... Finally, I can say Scott and I did something very big this past uh, week. We did something very big? What did we do? We finally started watching The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes. Oh, that is so good. We have one more episode and we are delaying it because we don't want it to be over. It's really scary. It's a really great character study. The acting is absolutely incredible. I love it. I'm completely obsessed. We both, when we really like a TV show, we don't like to watch the last episode because we don't like it to be over. That's probably something really unhealthy that we should work on. But, it kind um, of, it kind of uh, falls into like work life and all that kind of stuff. You just never want to finish something that's really good. It's, that was always my problem with homework and school. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that was it. That was totally it. Yep, that was it. I just never finished it. So, okay, so we're going to probably watch the last episode, I think, today, because we need to start watching Sabrina. That's going to be our next undertaking. Yeah, I I never really got into the uh, whole Riverdale thing, but Sandra has told me that I have to watch Sabrina with her. I I watched the original. I mean, I know it's completely different, of course. Right. I am a huge Archie Comics fan. I was raised on them. And then when they started doing the afterlife with Archie, the werewolf, Jughead, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, that ticked off a lot of my boxes. I'm um, totally obsessed with Riverdale, by the way, watching on Netflix. And I told him, I was like, we are watching this together. So I've been waiting for him. So we got to end one to move on to the next. I guess we're going to have to close the book on Haunting of Hill House then. Yeah, and I would really like if you guys could let us know on social media or whatever, if you've been watching either of those shows, what you thought, other really good shows we should be thinking about. We don't watch a ton because we read a lot, but um, we like to watch a good, good creepy sci-fi or fantasy series. Okay, so for tonight's entertainment, let me tell you about The Altered Wake by Megan Morgan. The Future. Earth's governments have fallen, succeeded by a unified military order. An elite group of soldiers, the Sentinels, protect Katarian from marauders and neighbors alike. Within, shadowy forces at the highest levels conspire for the power they need to enact a mysterious agenda. But now something has changed. Men and women have emerged, displaying superhuman abilities powerful enough to threaten the established order. And the High General commands Sentinel Cameron Cardell to track a superhuman gone rogue, a superhuman who holds the key to these powers' origin, who happens to be Cardell's best friend, who will reveal the truth of Cameron's own origins. The altered now wake. I really like the premise that's on the back of the book, but I don't think it really does enough to really just drive home the setting of this book. It actually came as a surprise to me how this book is is framed. Okay, that's really interesting. And I have a feeling we're going to get more into that the deeper we go. Uh, it bears noting that this is the first in a planned quartet. And this is also Megan Morgan's first ever novel. And congratulations to her for doing that. I mean, I know a lot of people want to write novels. They try to write novels. They dream of it. But you actually have to do it. And she didn't. She got the thing published by Clickworks Press. So go, girl. It really is an amazing achievement to get that done and get that accomplished. So, so big claps. Yeah. 
Go, girl. So, Sandra, I want you to start with your experience score of the book. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my opinion, this was a good read. Um, there were things about it that totally personal preference of mine that is not going to make it an obsession of mine as of yet. I mean, you know, you always have to go into like a series or a quartet or whatever, knowing that there's more story. But for me right now, as a reader, this probably wasn't in my wheelhouse. I had a feeling that that might be your experience with the book when I started reading it, because this book seems like it was written more directly towards me and my kind of reading than than towards you. Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty and the joy of reading. And that's one of our <laughs> it's one of our missions here at Genre Junkies headquarters is to get books into the right hands and to, you know, hopefully build a rapport with our audience. So you know us and you know what we like and you know what we're talking about. So for me, I'm also giving it a score of a good read, and I feel like it I feel like it could have been a page turner, but I want to get something out of the way real quick. We read a advanced reader copy, uh, but I think this is the finalized edition. And for me, it's it's written in this Helvetica style sans serif font. It has no line stress, it's very narrow type typeface. And for me, it was very difficult for my eyes to read that. Maybe it's my um astigmatism. That made it difficult for me to scan. I read kind of fast. And for, for some reason, it was just jarring for me. And it made it hard for me to just continuously read it. Oh, that's fascinating that you had that opinion. That didn't um, bother me so much. But I could really see for how some people that would be distracting. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm not like a I'm not a font pedant. I don't like see red when I see comic <laughs> sans up on a wall. It's like, it's not really my thing. It's just for some reason that font just didn't click with my brain. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I digress. It, it, like I said, the book was kind of written more towards me. It, it taps into a lot of my guilty pleasures. It's a post post apocalyptic setting where there's these technological mysteries of the people of the past. There's a kick ass heroine with firearms and a katana in a leather jacket. I'm I'm just click the button. You've got me. Um, I also really like the theme of these strange powers that are developing in people and they're trying to figure out the reason and the source. It's very tomorrow people. Ooh. And so I was really sucked into just that combination of themes just mixed together in this book. I love a mutant. I really do. I love a mutant. Um, growing up, I was big X-Men fan. Not like you can't be when you are a grown up, but we just don't talk as much X-Men and I anymore. Tend to read different type of graphic novels. Uh, I, I digress yet again. But um Not no, dark I, enough for you. Yeah. I, I love I love a good mutant. And I think the concept of the altered was something that I really liked in this book. This idea that, you know, these people are kind of forming and what are they going to do? What is this going to mean for society? I, I'm always big on that. Um, let's talk about that that kick-ass female thing. There's two women leads in this book and they are very strong, very powerful and break some of the stereotypical molds that the woman character often falls into. Uh, very cool. Very proud of her for writing these women. I like Cameron in particular an awful lot. I think that she's just really fun to read and follow. She's kind she has this like analytical sense to her that sometimes comes off as a little bit cold, but that actually makes her more fun to me. 
Mm, I know what you mean. Um, I did like Cameron, too, and I, I thought she was really fierce and really wanted to make it in this, like, almost like, it, it's not like it's a male-driven world, but clearly there's, like, a lot of men directly over her in power. Uh, same thing with Erica. That's the best friend, the one gone rogue that we hear about in the back of the book. Erica was really cool because she, for me especially, didn't fit into any sort of stereotypical box. Like, she um, she had a lot going on. Yeah, I really like Erica's character a lot. She's very multifaceted. She has a lot of strengths and she has a lot of... Um a lot of emotional depth uh, that's introduced right from the very beginning. She's kind of a lens for this whole story. Yeah, she um, provides us with kind of like some exposition, I guess, where you kind of get to feel out more. Uh, her brother, William, was another character in the book who plays prominently. And my big thing with William is he has a very satisfying character arc for me in this book. He has a good character arc and he has a good character base. I like the idea of this kind of undergraduate professor scholarly kind of person with the I pictured him with the elbow pads on his oh, jacket. Oh yeah, totally elbow the, patches on a tweed the, jacket yeah, or corduroy jacket. Yeah. Yeah, and the thick plastic frames and just kind of a kind he's of kind a scholarly of, nerd. Yeah, he's kind of socially awkward and he's got some secrets. He's got some skeletons in his closet and we really see him kind of thrown out of his comfort zone in the course of this book. That always makes for a satisfying arc for me. There are a number of other characters in the book. Some of them are not uh, explored as deeply as others. I feel like that they are going to have their moment to shine in future books. I, there's a few that I wish that I could have seen a little bit more from. I don't want to get too spoilery on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to see where their characters go in future novels. Uh, another thing that I really wanted to praise about Megan's writing, because again, I think I'm I think it's pretty clear that this was like not the book for me. That's not to say there wasn't things I enjoyed about it and that I took away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I really, really liked is the way she writes combat. I thought she wrote combat, battle sequences, hand-to-hand combat stuff really, really strongly. That's a big part where her writing really shined to me. And when she was in that stuff, like the first chapter is a really action-packed chapter. And that really, um, really pulled me in. I think her biggest strength when it comes to combat is not just the actual blows, but the moments between the blows, which is where all of the the mind games play and all of the thoughts and strategizing goes. I mean, some of the battles in this take seconds, but she brings them out and she expands them into this really interesting story in and of themselves by by exploring the moments between blows. Oh my God, you know what I kind of want this to be? Yeah, what? I want this to be an anime. Oh, you know, I kind of thought of this as an anime, particularly with the katana. Once I realized that they were actually wielding katanas, this would make a great anime or a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. So, Megan, uh, find somebody to make that for you. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> just find somebody who can draw and just say, hey, you know, just hey, draw hey, this out this, for me. Make this an anime or, yeah, something for me. No Thanks. big deal. Yeah, it's fine. But no, I, I, I 100% agree. This would make an excellent uh, graphic medium, either anime or graphic novel. This would be really great for that. I'm curious, what specifically did you struggle with so without going too far into spoilers? Of no, no, of course. So, um, like I said, that first chapter totally sucked me in. And then I kind of waned a little. And then I rallied for the last half of the book, half to quarter of the book. And I was really engaged and I was really dialed in. Uh, that 
quote unquote struggle is my own. Unless I am reading bleak nihilism or existentialism, I really love lush, full prose, plump with descriptions and wordy words, uh, very painterly stuff that fuels my imagination. And in a sci-fi and fantasy setting, I crave world building, really deep world building, especially in the first book. I've just been trained as a reader that way. Um, I want to be completely immersed. I want to know how everything works. I want to know what's the day-to-day life of people. How is it different than me as a reader in this day and age? How does the world and society truly operate? And I think she's made a really big world and society here. And I really wanted to know more of the nuts and bolts how stuff works, like, you know, what's what's day-to-day minutia even? Like, I know they have coffee shops and stuff, but how do the people who aren't part of the military, you know, what do they do? What, what keeps them going in this? Is there corporal punishment? Is there, you know, like, what ha- what happened more in the past to get us to this place? I just really need a lot of world building. I just do. That's just me. I I totally see where you're coming from. And that's one of the big differences between you and I when it comes to stories, because I like to create some of the world myself. And I feel that this book really lets you do that in a way. I mean, there's some there's some general ideas and themes that are given to you as the reader. But I really like that I was able to flesh out the world a little bit more myself. For example, in the very first chapter, they talk about that they have a motorcycle uh, there. And and I like the fact that I'm able to visualize that motorcycle however I'd like. I can visualize it as being 300 years old and it's being held together with duct tape and a prayer. Or I can imagine that they've built it brand new from scratch and they have that technology. I like that I'm able to create it how I would like. Yeah, and that's just different types of readers. And I'm sure there's people that fall all over our two extremes of the spectrums. And like I said, there's some books where I want more kind of bare bones description, just like I know for you, there are some books where you want more lush. And but generally speaking, we fall into either ends of that. And so I think we're a pretty good litmus test for readers of, you know, you can think about it. Where do you fall? What What's going to matter to you in a book? In your sci-fi, do you not care? In your horror, do you really care? Yeah, I, I think I think you called it right. This is a really good litmus test to kind of what kind of thing you're looking for. And I have some examples that are spoiler that are, that are full of spoilers that I want to go into in the spoiler section, both that I liked and did not like. And, and we can talk a little bit more about that. I think that that might be the biggest difference in our opinion on this book is really in the description. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that'll probably be it for a lot of people, too. Um, I guess we should talk about who this would appeal to. I think you should go first. Um, I didn't land squarely in a camp, to be honest. I was floating somewhere between niche and general, at least for this book. And again, it is a first book. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Because if you want to continue reading it, and if we continue reading them, then I'll know a little bit more about where I want them to be. But um, because of the type of science fiction it is, it makes me lean towards niche. Um, I... I waffled a little bit. I'm I'm going a very different direction than you are. I'm actually putting this in the broad category. Oh, look at you. And it's because of the kind of science fiction that it is. Ah. Um, I definitely think it's sci-fi and it's setting and it's, it's explanations of what's happening. But the story structure actually follows more of a strong fantasy theme. Um, I also think there's some really satisfying violence in the book, not 
in a horror perspective. No, but, it's 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 action. But if you feel like you need blood and and violence, this this really does have it at points. Oh, that's my some of my favorite parts. I, I don't think that someone who generally poo-poos genre fiction is going to find a home in this book, which is why I can't really give it a mass appeal. But I really think that this this has strong hooks for anybody who is open to any sort of genre fiction. Oh, that's hilarious. We like super disagree on that. <laughs> and I don't know if that can help you as the listener to know if that's going to influence your decision or not to pick up this book. I mean, this is science fiction like The Hunger Games is science fiction. It's a science fiction setting and and some of the things that happens are because of fictional science, but it's not really a hard science fiction setting. It's not Orson Scott Card. It's not Right. Yes, no, of course. And um they do have some cool gadgets in uh, the Hunger Games, so <laughs> Yeah, they're kind of like magical items though, if if you think about it. <laughs> well, we will do like maybe an episode on the Hunger Games someday. I think it's been long enough. We can we can come back to it. Because by the way, for those that don't know, Scott and I were like really early adopters to the Hunger Games. Yeah, we were into it before it was cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was like a little book that I found on the shelf. And I was like, oh, this seems really cool. And then just kind of dove into it. We made like our family and friends read it. And then, you know, it became the worldwide sensation that it is. But so, yeah, you're welcome, Hunger Games. We like totally helped you. That's probably the seed that started this podcast, if I think about it. That very well could be because that was back in the day for us. Yeah, that was kind of the first moment we're like, wow, we're we we're we're um we're trendsetters. <laughs> we, are, we are trendsetters of the genre fiction literary world. Well, I really want to get into spoilers. So can we take a jump over there? Yeah. So if you're going to jump over to spoilers with us, now's the time to do it. And if not, come back after you read the book. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies. And don't forget to visit the website, genrejunkies.com. Okay, welcome back to the spoiler section for The Altered Wake by Megan Morgan. Sounded very masterpiece theater when I just said that. Yeah, very, very professional. Very, very sipping your scotch on a leather couch. Both are two things that I don't really want in my life at all. So that's pretty funny. That's more your style. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that is kind of my whole aesthetic. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> that's kind of my thing. I'm a gentleman, ladies, man, man about town. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more in depth about this book. Um, there's some stuff I wanted to touch on character wise that I didn't want to like spoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. You want to start there? Yeah, I think I want to start there. And and this is this is my main complaint with the book for me. Uh, I hate to start the spoiler section with a complaint, but it's also kind of a backhanded compliment. I wanted more of the characters. Oh, yes. What I was missing from this book is the book before this book. I wanted to know the characters before the events of this story. I wanted to know them when they were training with Master Reese. I wanted to know Erica before she went nuts. I wanted to know more about that relationship that Erica and Cameron had in particular. There definitely is a whole lot of history between the characters, and I wanted to see a little bit more of that kinship before the effects of this book really just took on the action of the plot of this story. And that's that depends on what depending on which way you look at it. That's a compliment and a complaint because I really liked the characters. I just wanted to see a little bit more of that family dynamic. 
Um, I agree. That's uh, very aptly put. And I agree. And as a reader, um, those character connections are really important to me. And sometimes they happen in the course of the story. But then sometimes in a novel like this, there is history between people. And I wanted that backstory. That's almost more of... um, it's part and parcel when I say I wanted world building is I wanted a little bit more of that flashbacks to the two girls training at Master Reese's house, you know, more stuff to kind of really just plump it out and make it fuller. That is something that could happen. Like, and this is because it's not too late. This could still happen in this series. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The whole second book could be about the events of the past to color the events of the third book or, or however, however she wants to do it. I just I really liked Erica and I really liked the the really one to two chapters we had of normal human Erica before she became the, you know, <laughs> psycho mind goddess that she became. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I it was it was I feel like it would have had more of an effect if I had had a little bit more time to really fall in love with that character, because in the very beginning, she was my favorite. I just wanted a little bit more. She just became a bad guy too fast for me. I totally, totally know what you mean. Like, no, I think we're really agreed on that. That because we did like the characters, we wanted a lot more of their richness, their backstories, their connections. Well, like Master Reese, what a great creation of a mentor. It's like Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, you know, Japanese, you know, films from the 70s type of dude. You know, very um, the cruel tutelage of Pai Mei from from Kill Bill. Like, I I love that character. I I want more of that. But he was good. He added a lot of flavor to the book. He he added a lot of flavor and a lot... He added kind of the counterpoint to their mindsets. It's just, it was almost like if you came in and met Obi-Wan right when he, uh, right when he dies to Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if that's the first scene you saw with Obi-Wan Kenobi, I feel like that Master Reese was almost at that point for me. Right. No, I, I, I think that's a fair comparison. Um, I also had a, a love for um, Melanie Stillwater, the little healer lady. I liked Melanie a lot. Uh, Megan, if you could put a lot more of her into book two, you'd make me a very happy man. She's good. She's really cool. She's got a cool power. Um, she had a little bit of comic relief. She had kind of an, an airy fairiness about her, uh, but also like she was very direct in what she needed to help William, Dr. Harfield. Yeah, good character stuff there that I feel could really be explored. I love healer characters, especially when they're a little bit, not flighty, just innocent. She's kind of the Misty Day-ish character, although she's not at all Misty Day. She's kind of how you picture a healer to be. She's just a little bit more friendly and happy and easygoing. Yeah, no, I, I really dug that as well. She was a really good character. What did you think about Tristan? Because I'm intrigued. Oh, I could have used a lot more Tristan. I could have used an entire Tristan two chapters of backstory because he's got a cool power and he's kind of a rogue. He's kind of a rake. And, uh, you know, sometimes I get sick of that male archetype. But at the same time, I think he had more to offer and he has a sweet side to him. And um, yeah, I I really could have used some more Tristan in my life. I really like how mysterious he is, mainly because of his power of speed. He's just, 
He's just always there when you kind of slash need him, don't want him to be there. He's he's a great archetype for this for this group of ragtag powered adventurers. Yeah, because he's shadowy. He's a spy. Yeah, no, there's um, there's there's stuff there that I think is really good. And he, like I said, he breaks out of that mold a little bit because he cares about his cousins. And, you know, he has um, he has an affection to him that he's not all just thinks he's like totally hot all the time though he clearly thinks he's totally hot all the time i'm really interested to see uh where the really high-end firearms and weapons that the people from the north got because it's kind of it's kind of explained this you're looking at me like this is on the same subject this is totally off of left field this is just a plot conversation but um i pictured the the firearms in particular of being from a forgotten age and just kind of continuously made to work and the assassins from the north when they came down they had like sleek brand new weapons i'm really curious to know where the new technology is coming from yeah like really more about who these people are and what exactly is their end game their agenda you know like do they want to bring earth to how it was like or you know like i'm very intrigued by that I guess this I guess this is kind of talking to your point although I'm sort of okay with it like I said just I want I I guess I agree I wanted to know a little bit more about some of particularly the technology I mean they had the genome sequencer which was again old yeah it was old they they call it like it's amazing it works it's artifact technology and they've just jury rigged it to keep it working for all of these years and they don't really know how it works I want to know more about the things that they've that they have the the technology that they do have working like you know how they keep it working that's a little yeah. bit more science fictiony for me one thing that i really liked is the idea that that well computer chips is used as jewelry yeah that was funny like uh remnants remnants yes yeah that was cool it took me a minute <laughs> took me a minute to catch on to what was going there but then i was like oh that's cool yeah it's a microchip that they a broken microchip or a microchip they have no idea what it does and they just wear it as as embellishment because yeah, it's, it's rare because it's like ancienty to them yeah no that was really cool i kind of forgot about that till you said that um yeah and i guess it's like I want to know what happened in the fall. Like, what made it so that we're at where this world is now, where it's controlled by governments? Like, really, I mean, I know we get some more of that as the book goes on, but I really want to, like, I want to see where it happened. But see, I I mean, I do too, but I am totally okay with it not being revealed in this book because the idea is all of that information is lost. It's all legend at this point. Right, right, right. They don't know how that happened. They have some you know, really highly embellished stories about it that some of them may end up actually being pretty true to form, whereas some of them are really just just false embellishments almost to a religious level. I, but I, I think that the idea of what happened is going to become more important and more of a plot point to the story, which is why I'm okay not knowing everything about the far past. Well, and I'd like to know... Um something in future books again about the Bigfoot people <laughs> that she like took on in the first chapter and stuff, you know, like the, those creepy monster people that were snatching children. Well, it, it is determined that they are the same as her. They're, yes. They're, it's just another mutation. I know, but I want to know, like, is that going to happen to all the altered that wake? Or is that just another way that some of them woke? I'm curious about it. 
I think it's cool to be that there's a creature element. That's actually a really good point, because the computer did say that that was someone who failed their alteration or or, yeah. or failed their activation, something like that. Like yeah, it was the, a mistake. Because William has that little pamphlet that kind of says like what everybody is too, like all the different, you know, that he's like piecing together that ancient pamphlet that um, Tristan gave him. It's very interesting. I just want to know how that line works. I really like the idea that all of these different alterations, these these mutations, really, they fall into categories that there are a, a finite number of different powers. And we don't know all of them, of course. And Megan left herself a lot of room to write in new and more powers that because we didn't literally go from one to 25. Here are all the powers that they knew about in the past. But I like the idea that it's not quite X-Men where they can just develop anything. Yeah, there's got to be a little bit of rules, I think, in, in a novel, like to keep it, you know, and I can turn into a, a fire truck now. Like, I mean, like, no, no, we, we need some structure here to keep it going off the rails. But I, I will say that the book takes a little while for it to get to its main uh direction its main plot um i wasn't sure where it was going at first if um if erica was the big bad if that was the point was actually to get her or if it was to join up with her and figure out what was wrong it it took a while through the world building of the book to really get to the point where i knew what was happening yeah no i i agree with that too and that was i believe a deliberate choice by the author and that's another thing that i think some readers are going to connect with and that some readers are not going to connect with. And we fell into the latter category of that. Hey, you know what's really cool that I did want to also talk about is the scene where they're in Cameron's mind. Yes, I like the... Uh, when Erica snaps. Yeah, I, I like the imagery that she has, that everyone has a has a special place in their mind, and it's different for everybody. And and I like the imagery of hers. Yeah. And did I don't know if you caught the fact that the inside of her mind was identical to the inside of that bunker. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that's very scary, and that's... That, Telling. that doesn't bode well for her in the future. No, I'm very worried for her. I mean, I think if anybody can come out of this thing the other side, it's Cameron. But um, but she, which one? But which one? Exactly. Well, if, I mean, I like evil Cameron, of course. Yes, but which one? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was really, really cool. And it was really sad and disturbing and unsettling that Erica came out broken. I I didn't, I guess this isn't something that I realized was a thing for me. Maybe it falls into the same possession fears that I have, but there's something about the idea that there's a second personality trapped inside of Cameron's mind that's just kind of waiting to get out in some way that, that really bothers me. It really makes me uneasy and, and makes me nervous and scared. I think it is related to your possession fear. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I, I think that might be exactly what it is. Maybe maybe that's really where my fear stems from, is the is the the fear of losing self. Secret selves. And so I, I'm very scared to see what's going to happen to Cameron in the future. But I'm I'm kind of excited to, to find out. That's excellent. So what are we scoring this out of? Um, we could do, what did they call them? Rel- relics, artifacts? Remnants. Remnants. How many? How many? Uh, remnant. Remnants. How, just remnants. How many remnants out of ten? Would you? Uh, yeah. 
I'm going to give this five out of 10 remnants. Um, It's about a half dose of remnants. And there is like, I'm going to say remnant dust and little particles of remnant that are, you know, around. So it's not like it's a, does this make sense? This is getting away from you a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's five really big pieces of remnant out of 10. Okay. These are not little piddling pieces because there was a lot I liked about it. But I know for myself, I don't think I'm the audience for this book. Um, The stuff I really loved about it, I admired the heck out of Megan for writing this book and for having her vision and being so clear. And I fully support her and other women that write novels. I just know this wasn't quite the book for me. But even though it wasn't quite the book for me, there was still stuff I loved about it. So what does that say? I I guess it just wasn't for you, ultimately. It's I, not my grape. I liked this book a lot. Um, If there was something I wanted from it, it, it was a stronger sense of direction from the beginning. Um, you know, Megan Morgan has a lot of ground to cover at the beginning to really create the world. And it kind of um, it came at the expense of character development and the plot a little bit. So I wanted that to start a little bit earlier. So my execution score reflects that. But I, I cared about the characters. I really liked the setting. I'm giving it seven out of ten remnants. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was it was very good. I just wanted a little bit more from the beginning. Yeah, I think that's totally fair way to put it. Um, well, I think it goes without saying we wish her all the success in the world with this book. And I want people to read it and to tell us why you guys loved it. Like, I, I want to hear that because I know there is an audience for this book. Absolutely. But uh, please print it in a serif font, please. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of people with Scots astigmatism. A, a with serif. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for a night of sci-fi discussion. I'm Sandra. I'm Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm-hmm.